Fifty Flights has been expanded with a couple additional chapters based on modern day adventures, providing medical care on aircraft, and also I'm using a bit of technology to share a portion of one of the chapters with you. So I hope you like it, and if you do, below is the link to the Amazon uh, site where you can purchase the updated copy. Let me know what you think. What a beautiful day. I was lying in the soft grass, relaxing in the summer sun while doing some reading and getting paid. The concept of making more than $1.38 per hour is something very unusual for an emergency medicine resident of my ear. There were no restrictions on the number of hours required per week. I clocked many over 130 hours at the hospital. Those were the old glory days. Difficult and brutal, but I wouldn't trade the knowledge or experience for anything. The commitment to the craft and dedication of my group of 30 fellow residents made us all better doctors. My peace and tranquility were abruptly interrupted by a buzzing on my hip in an unfamiliar tone. That strange noise summoned me back inside and was the flight crew's signal that it was time to put on our game faces. The goal was to be on board the heli and lift off within 10 minutes after accepting a call. I cruised out to the desk. This is a small table built into the wall and located immediately adjacent to the flight control and operations area. My job was to take phone calls from outside hospitals or emergency medicine system EMS providers who needed our assistance. It was during this first call that I noticed the bulletin board perched above my seat. It was a posting of that week's aeromedical crashes and fatalities. A grisly reminder of what I volunteered to do and how fickle and fleeting life truly is. I scribbled a few notes on a little paper pad, stuffed it into my pocket and raced out to the Sikorsky with my stethoscope dangling behind. Fortunately, this particular helicopter did not require us to wear helmets and I enjoyed the warm summer breeze for just a moment longer. Shitty shit, I forgot the cooler. The small cooler was the sole responsibility of the flight physician. Failing to remember it could put a patient in peril and potentially cost a life. Packed neatly away inside were two units of old blood and cardiac medication that required refrigeration. Arriving at a critical trauma scene or medical call without blood products could be disastrous and would certainly bring the medical director down on my head. Malachi. An affection nickname I applied. Smirked as he held up the cooler. He was a dead ringer if ever another children of the corn movie gets scripted. It wasn't until I strapped into my seat that the realization of how fast my heart was racing sunk in. It seemed to be trying to keep tempo with the rising timber of the rollers thumping as the engine spooled up to full power. My partner, a nurse paramedic, asked what the call was about. As I pulled the crumpled notepad from my flight suit and the mission details came roaring back into my memory. High-speed multi-vehicle multi-casualty accident. Fatalities on the scene. The medic shouted into his headset, Awesome doc, what a great first flight for you. I was excited, anxious and more than a bit terrified all at the same time. Every EM physician loves a challenging trauma case, but I had a feeling we were biting off more than a single flight crew could manage. I felt fortunate to have had some EMS experience having worked as a basic emergency medicine technician during college. But what lay ahead was unlike anything I had ever witnessed. I'm rooting the Sikorsky S-76. The flight physician sits behind the pilot and faces backward. The paramedic slash nurse sits facing forward. The primary patient stretcher is located on the left side of the aircraft. A second patient can be placed on the right side of the aircraft with the flight crew sandwiched in between in this tight space. 
The cabin is about as roomy as a compact two-door car, but luxurious compared to the little Cessna I mended my wings. Imagine packing four adult-plus people into that space and with two of them being critically injured and lying down. I think you get the idea of our working environment. I could sense we were beginning to approach the accident scene by the change in pitch of the roller and the pressure on my backside. Unfortunately, my headset was acting up, and I couldn't get a clear understanding of what the ground EMS coordinator was relaying to us. There was a strange whisper and hiss in the background. As I fiddled with the headset controls, an ominous phrase repeated. Malachi was smirking, cranking the volume. My suspicion was confirmed I see dead people was a clear message being repeated over the intercom. Our Kiwi pilot shot a quick glance at me and Wayne, his thick New Zealand accents laughing and asking if I had any time to watch movies as a resident. Touchdown. The first task of the flight physician as the rotors spin down is to call flight control and let them know we've touched down safely. Forgetting this task generates significant anxiety among the flight center crew. I learned later that several were in relationships with the pilots and didn't appreciate us newbies omitting this task. After the rotors had finished spinning down, we popped open the door, and we are hit by the intense July heat. This intensity was further magnified by my sense of excitement and fear mixed with the smell of jet exhaust from the turbines. The scene was chaotic at best. From the air, it looked like a car junkyard with flipped over smashed vehicles. Fortunately, Several additional EMS units pulled up to lend assistance as we rushed on scene. A quick survey revealed that five patients were critically injured, one deceased in a vehicle and at least one ejected and deceased on the far side of the accident scene. There were reports of an additional victim who was either ejected or fell out of a moving car before the crash and was yet to be located. It was a madhouse with people running everywhere. Family members screaming and intoxicated persons offering advice on what to do. Apparently, this was a family celebration fueled by the late afternoon sun and an ample supply of alcohol. As we approached the carnage, several EMS personnel pointed out the most critically injured. Malachi grabbed his bag and took off running in the opposite direction. I was essentially on my own for the first time as a newly licensed physician. Before this point, all the excitement and procedures had been performed in the hospital setting and under the watchful eye of a seasoned supervising attending physician. Now it was just me with my intellect and back of gear. And it was time for the ultimate test of my training. Go time. As I approached my patient, the gravity of his injuries were readily apparent. First responders did their best to restrain the patient on a backboard with a neck cervical collar in place to protect his spine. His face and torso were covered with blood and dirt. He was highly combative in demonstrating all the signs of head trauma. Time was of the essence the golden hour of trauma care was ticking by rapidly. 